every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Welcome to another episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, John Paul Iwoha. Today's episode is a very important topic. It's about how to sell more and make more money from your customers. And I think the very first place we need to start would be to remind ourselves of the value of a customer. It's important to remember that a customer is a person who who gives a precious vote to our business every single time they buy something. They are voting with their money. You know, a customer also reminds us that we are relevant to a problem, to a need or to a want in the marketplace. If we were not relevant, nobody would pay us money. Uh, It's important to also remember that a buying decision is an important decision. Spending is an important decision. And for somebody to spend their actual money in your business, it also reminds us that, you know, we are still relevant in, in the marketplace. Uh, but the main aspect we want to focus on on this episode is to remind ourselves that a customer is an asset of potential sales. Now, it all depends on how well you are able to harvest sales from a customer. And today's lesson is going to focus on why it's important to look at your customers differently, why it's important to explore options for more sales, and um, I think let's 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 jump right in. So the the important thing we need to set the stage for this conversation is that all customers are not the same. All customers are not created equal, and there are different reasons for this. The first is that all your customers will have different needs, different problems, and wants. Now you may be solving a specific problem in the market, but all the customers who come to your business are likely to have varying degrees of the problem or need or want that you're solving in the marketplace. And it's important to keep this in mind because you cannot treat all your customers the same, assuming that um, you're solving a standard problem. That's um, one of the major challenges businesses have. They assume they are solving a standard problem. And in response, they provide a standard service or product, just one type, one degree of solution to the marketplace. But the truth is, most of your customers have varying degrees of the problem you're trying to solve, the need you're meeting in the marketplace, and the wants that you're you're satisfying. Another important reason why customers are not all the same is that all your customers will have different perceptions of risk, of, of, of value and price. And that's because in terms of value, there are different layers of value that a customer will be willing to pay for. Some customers will be willing to pay for speed. You know, a faster service. Some customers will be willing to pay for convenience. Some will be willing to pay for an enhanced experience. Some will be willing to pay for flexibility. Some will be willing to pay for enhanced safety and security. Some will be willing to pay for um, an, a variation of your product that reduces the risk. Some will be willing to pay for aesthetics, something more beautiful and um, that looks good. Some will be willing to pay for access. You know, some may want to do 
the thing by themselves to solve. So some customers will be like, give me the product. Let me solve by my, let me solve it by myself. Some will want you to do it with them. And some may want you to actually do the thing for them. So they, they don't want to get their themselves involved. They want you to, to provide the solution. All of these are varying degrees of value. And there are customers who are willing to pay more, much, much more for enhanced value which is why all your customers are not the same because if you if you sell to your customers like they are the same you are making an assumption a very terrible assumption that all of them have the same perception of value and price and that's really not always the case in my experience another reason why why uh, all of your customers are not the same is all of your customers have different spending power and price sensitivities so your customers are not standard because they have they come from different walks of life they work in different jobs. They live in different parts of town. They belong to different social levels of, of, of society. Some of them may be um, at the bottom. Some may be in the middle class. Some may be upper class. So you can't sell to all these people the same because they have different spending powers. So if you're offering a standard product or a standard service, you are ignoring um, potential sales that you could make from those customers who are willing to spend more and have no qualms about spending more because they have the money. And it's also important to note that the more spending power people have, the less price sensitive they are. So if you are, if you are competing on price, that does not really appeal to those customers that have high spending power because price is not really their concern. They are focused on value and they are willing to pay extra for value. So you cannot assume that all your customers are the same and treat them the same. Meanwhile, some of them are willing to spend much more if only you can offer them something that justifies the higher price you're asking for. Another important reason why all your customers are not the same is that your, some of your customers have different levels of loyalty and you know satisfaction and a relationship with your business. Your older customers are more loyal. They have, they have an existing relationship with your business. They know you, they like you, they trust you. In that kind of relationship, people are willing to spend more because you now have a relationship. So you cannot treat those customers the same way you would treat a first-time customer. And that means if you are not harvesting more sales from your older customers, from the customers who have a relationship with your business, from customers who are loyal to your business and are satisfied with what you offer, you are leaving a lot of potential sales on the table. So I hope I've been able to, um, you know, more or less jog your mind that, you know, you cannot be selling a standard product, assuming that you have standard customers. All your customers are not the same. So you need to tailor your offers to meet the major segments of your, of your customer base. That way you can significantly improve sales. And if you're not doing this, you are leaving a lot of money on the table. So another important area I need to look at is the journey of a customer so that you understand the different gaps in the chain where you may have been leaving money on the table and these gaps provide opportunities for you to make significant sales and there are, are, are five of them let me start with the first one the first point on the journey on the journey of your customer is when you meet for the first time which is the first sale when you make the first sale to a customer now the first sale with a customer can have two goals it could be just a transaction so the customer gives you money, you give them the product or render the service, and it's over, it's done. That's a transaction. 
Or it could be a relationship. It could be the beginning of a relationship where you see that first transaction as the first step on a long journey, on a long relationship with your business. Now, you will agree with me that if you have a mindset of a transaction, you know, versus a mindset of a relationship, the way you're going to handle that sale will be different. If you're selling to somebody for the first time with intent of building a relationship, how you deal with that customer is going to be totally different compared to if you're just dealing with them as a transaction. You really, if you're dealing with them as a transaction, you really don't care if they come back and buy from you. You re, you're, you're really not looking into the future. You're just focused on the now. So that's the, the, the first sale is one of the points where a lot of businesses leave money on the table. It's a, a moment of mistake for many businesses because that's a customer may be worth $100 in a transaction. In the first transaction, may be worth $100. But if they, are, if they stick with your business for one year, they could be worth ten thousand. They could be worth ten thousand dollars. So, what bugs the mind is that some people, some businesses, focus on the first transaction, the hundred dollars, and do not really see the life cycle, the journey to ten thousand dollars from that one single customer, or even the other sales they could bring into your business directly or indirectly. The second point where a lot of businesses miss sales is repeat sales. So the assumption is, if a person buys a product or service from you, and it is relevant, it is useful, it solves a problem for them, it meets a need or satisfies a want, it makes sense that a customer would want to come back, you know, next time. Now, of course, this may not apply for all products or service categories. There are um, solutions that are one-time solutions. So you solve the problem for the customer, and the, since the customer doesn't have that problem anymore, there's no reason to come back to you. But that's not how many businesses are. Many products and, and services can be sold on a repeat basis. So the assumption is, after the first sale, after, you, after you've sold to the customer for the first time, there needs to be a reason for the customer to keep coming back to you. Let's even forget the other sales. There needs to be a second sale, a third sale, a fourth sale, a follow-on sale. Now, there are, there are five reasons why um, repeat sales can happen. The first is a switchover. So the first sale could be an opportunity where the customer realizes that you're actually better than the other business they've been buying from all this time. So the first sale could be an opportunity for the customer to switch over to your business to make a change and then you become the new supplier. So it makes sense that if the switchover has happened, after the first sale, the customer should keep coming back to your business. Another reason why repeat sales happen is habit. So after the first sale, they realize you are you, maybe you're closer to their location, you're more convenient, or you just fit into their daily buy, uh, their, their daily habits, or their daily, or their buying patterns, or their, their preferences, or something like that. So just out of sheer habits, they find themselves coming back to buy from you. Another reason why repeat sales can happen is, if it is intrinsic in the transaction, that it will be a recurring Payment. So if the, if the customer is in some kind of a recurring arrangement, like maybe a gym membership, a school, a consulting program, a retainer with a client, all of these things are recurring arrangements that mean that the customer keeps paying maybe on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, on, on an annual basis. Another reason why a customer will come back for a repeat sale is a relationship or loyalty. Now, this is going, likely going to be very common with your older customers, people who have been with your business for a while. Nothing stops them from coming back 
to buy from you. And if they are not coming back to buy from you, then obviously there is a problem. It's either they're buying from somebody else or they've just not felt the urge. So that means you're leaving money on the table because repeat sales is a major source of consistent and sustainable sales in a business. The third point in a customer's journey. Now, remember, we've covered the first point is the very first sale, the very first um, encounter you have with a customer, the very first time the customer gives you money in exchange for what you're selling. The second point on the journey is repeat sales. If the customer has bought from you the first time and your product is good, your service is good, nothing stops them from coming back a second time. And if they're not coming back a second time or a third time, you're leaving sales on the table. Now, the third point on the journey is upsells. Now, this is where what I mentioned before about all your customers not being the same comes in. Upsells are a value multiplier. And, you know, when I say value multiplier, if you're selling a standard product at a, at, at a, at a standard price for all your customers, you're leaving money on the table because, <clears throat> excuse me, what if a customer is willing to pay extra for faster speed? What if a customer is willing to pay more for convenience? What if they are willing to pay more for a safer or more secure product, maybe like a guarantee or something like that? What if they are willing to pay more for access to you? So let me give you an example of an upsell. You are selling a, a, a training program, you know, and you have a standard price of say um, $1,000 per participant for your training program. That's what you're selling to everybody. This is the same price you're offering to individual entrepreneurs. It's the same price you're offering to small business owners. It's the same price you're offering to mid-sized businesses. And it's the same price you're offering to big companies and multinationals. The same flat price, $1,000. Now, what you're losing on the table for potential upsells is that the needs of a big multinational is could be different from that of an individual entrepreneur or a small business owner. And a big multinational, a big company, or even a government um, department or agency is less price sensitive than a small business or individual um, entrepreneur. They are willing to pay more for extra value. Now, your job is to create a value multiplier. So on top of your standard product, I'll give you an example, of course, with this training program. The first option could be the do-it-yourself. So the do-it-yourself is... Maybe we have a, a, a pre-recorded um, training course where people who pay for the program log into the program and they learn on their own. It's do-it-yourself, DIY. That's your first level offer. The second level offer is the do-it-with-you. Now, the do-it-with-you is rather than have an online training program, you could actually show up on site and it becomes a workshop. So rather than a training, it's a workshop. But this workshop costs maybe $2,500 or even $4,000. It is higher than the standard option because you're providing more access. That's a value multiplier. On top of your standard product, you're providing access. They have direct access to you, physical access to you in the workshop. They can ask you questions. It can be more interactive and stuff like that. And the company will be willing to pay more because it's extra value. Now, another level of value you can provide is the done for you. So beyond the workshop, what it means is that maybe you, be, you now become a consultant for the company, helping them to resolve the issues, work, actually working for them in the business as a service provider. That is also a value multiplier because it's um, an added level of, of access to your expertise and the value you can provide to them. And they are willing to pay for this extra value if you can offer it to them. So the, the one for uh, being the service provider where you're on a retainer could actually be maybe um, um, $7,000 or $10,000 a month. 
you know so it's a higher it's a premium offer but guess what it's not for everybody the small business owner may not be able to afford it the individual entrepreneur may not be able to afford it but the big companies you know who see the value would afford it so if you're selling the same standard product to everybody where the big company pays $1,000, the individual entrepreneur pays the same $1,000, the small business owner pays $1,000, you are leaving a lot of money on the table because there are opportunities for upsells. There are some of your customers who will not be happy with your standard offer. They want more. So you need to provide a value multiplier, something that provides them additional value. It could be by way of speed. It could be convenience. It could be an enhanced experience. It could be flexibility. It could be safety and security. It could be a guarantee, a risk. It could be aesthetics, a more beautiful version, a more appealing, visually appealing version of your product or service. It could be more access. So you need to find what that multiplier is, stack it on top of your standard offer and make it make the option available. I'm not saying that's what you have to sell, but you need to let your customers know that you have there are other options because value does not mean the same thing to all your to all your customers. The fourth point on the journey. Now, remember, the first point is the first sale. There are opportunities um, for making additional sales during the first sale. That it all depends on if you're building a relationship or you're just focused on the transaction. The second point is repeat sales. If a customer buys from you the first time, nothing should stop them from coming back a second, third, and fourth time. And if it's not happening, you need to fix it because you're leaving money on the table. The third point is the upsell. You cannot be offering the same standard offer to all your customers because some of them are willing to pay more. If you can multiply the value, if you can stack the value, some of your customers will be willing to pay for extra, but you need to justify a higher price with a matching value. The fourth point on the customer journey where there is an opportunity to increase sales is in cross-sells. So now a cross-sell essentially is you're trying to sell something that is unrelated but is relevant to what your customer want. So your customer is trying to solve a problem or meet a need or satisfy a want, and they are focused on a particular product or service. But because you understand the need or the problem they're trying to solve, you know that there is maybe an additional product that is not related to the scope you're discussing that you can add to it. So I can give um, a, a common example. I still remember the last time we went um, baby shopping, you know, when my, my wife was, was expecting a couple of years ago. And of course, we went into the, the mall where we we're going in to get a crib, baby crib and a couple of things. So we had written a list you know, a shopping list of the things we wanted to buy. And then when we got into the mall, of course, we were young parents, you know, so we wrote what we thought we would need, you know, for the new baby. But then what happened was after we bought a couple of things, you know, the, 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 the woman who owns the shop was like, no, okay. So I, I noticed this is not on your list. You're going to need this because the baby is going to need it. You're also going to need this and then need this and then. So rather than being just a shopping experience, the entrepreneur, the businesswoman became um, more like a, in terms of a service provider because she understood what we're trying to achieve. And even if we did not have some things on our list, she was able to cross-sell those other things. Now, without those cross-sells, she would have made far less sales. So why I'm saying this is there are always opportunities for cross-sells, especially if your customer is trying to solve a big or complex problem. You, you shouldn't just focus on what they're talking about. You need to understand the problem they're trying to solve or the need they're trying to meet or the, the wants they're trying to satisfy. And because you understand it, you can 
you can recommend additional products or services that are outside maybe what they are currently considering because you are the experts. You are the one who you understand the problem, you understand the need, and you need to help the customer know and respect that, that you, you know this need more than they do. You've been in this business for some time. You've dealt with other clients that have the same problem. And trust me, you may not have this on your list, but you need this other product. You need this other service, you know? Even if they don't buy, they're going to respect that. Even if they want to run, they, run it, they want to run it by other people and confirm if they really need it. If they do confirm it, you've now built a position of trust for yourself. So don't focus just on the transaction, which is why it's important to look at a relationship. If you're looking at a relationship, what it means is you are thinking ahead of the customer. You're thinking in advance of the customer. What is this customer going to need to solve this problem? What do they need to meet this need or satisfy this want? And because you're thinking ahead of them and you're thinking in terms of the problem and not just the transaction you want to settle and the money you're about to make, you'll be able to make significant cross-sales. And the interesting thing is, if it doesn't matter if you if you don't have the additional products or services you're trying to cross sell. If you're thinking in 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 a long term relationship building pattern, you can start to form affiliate or agency relationships with all the other businesses that sell this additional this um, unrelated but relevant things you're trying to cross sell. You can have commission arrangements with them where you refer customers to them and then you get a commission. These are additional ways to make sales in your in your business. But you will not think of this if you're not thinking in terms of the problem or need that the customer has. And then to the fifth point in the customer journey, remember the first, the first point is the first sale. The very first time you sell to a customer, that is an opportunity to either build a relationship or just focus on the transaction. The second point is repeat sales. If a person buys from you the first time, nothing really should stop them from buying from you a second time, a third time, a fourth time. If it's not happening, there's a problem because you're leaving money on the table. The third is an upsell. You cannot be provide, you cannot be offering standard offers, standard products or services to all your customers. Some of your customers are willing to pay more for extra value. You need to figure out what that value is, stack it on top, and then put a matching price, a higher price. Once the value justifies the price, there are some of your customers who are not as price sensitive, who have more leeway in their spending um, and power that can, that can actually take you up on your higher offers. The fourth point is a cross-sell. You're looking for unrelated but relevant items, products or services that the customer would need, but maybe they don't know, you know, and then stack it up. And again, like I said, you don't need to be selling many of these things. But if you're thinking in, in terms of, of, of um, the customer relationship and the, rela and the other things that they would need, you can set up commission arrangements with people, you, other businesses you can refer them to. Then the fifth point is referrals. Now, after a customer you know, buys from you and then keeps buying from you. Every customer is a potential source of other customers because human beings are social creatures. We don't live in isolation. Every one of your customers has friends. They have colleagues. They have neighbors. They have family. All of these people make up a potential pool of customers. And if you have happy customers, you have returning customers because when a customer keeps returning to your business, obviously, you know, they like what they're getting from you. You have returning customers and you have customers who have verbally told you that they are happy with your business, you know, things like that. The next natural step is to start to look for, is to start to harvest them for other potential customers, you know? And there are three levels for this. Every satisfied customer starts off as a positive voice. 
They say good things about your business to anybody who is willing to listen. They're not doing it actively, but they're just raving about you, you know? They're just a positive voice. They like your posts on social media. They make positive comments. They, they leave five-star review, five-star reviews on your, on your, on your site, on your product, on, on, um, on the internet, you know? So these are positive voices. They don't have any, you know, problems with the business. They are happy. But the problem with the positive voices is they are just inert. They are just happy with you on a personal level. They, that happiness has not reached the point where they are actively reaching out to other people to ask them to come join your business as a customer. And that's where you need to get them to. And the problem in many businesses is that people will not just automatically promote your business. You need to ask for it. You cannot just assume that because your customers are happy with you and they are positive voices, they engage with you on social media, that they are actually going to tell other people about your business. And there is one sign for this. There is a difference between liking your post on social media, commenting on your, on your, on your post on social media, that's the post of your business, and sharing it with their friends and family sharing with other people. So the difference between I like this business, I'm in love with this business, and hey friends, hey guys, hey colleagues, hey neighbors, you need to come check out this business. These guys are great. You need to be doing business here. So that's why you need to move your customers, your, your happy customers from being positive voices into recruiters. You want your, your positive voices to be recruiters. And many times, you know, you need to provide an incentive for people to recruit for you. It's important. You need to provide an incentive for people to, to recruit for you. It could be discount offers. It could be refer a friend and get a reward or something like that. When people have an incentive, you know, they, they can go above and beyond to actually recruit for your business. And then, of course, the third level will be ambassadors. Ambassadors are customers who feel like owners of your business. They are part owners of your business. They become defenders of your brand, defenders of your business. So beyond attracting customers for you, beyond recruiting customers for you, they are sending you ideas about how you can grow sales, how you can improve your product. They are taking it upon themselves for free to give you you know, business tips, business advice, feedback, and stuff like that. So these are important points within your, your business where you could be losing um, significant sales. So what's the way forward? What exactly, if you have, if you're already in business, either you haven't made your first sale yet or you've been making sales and you have customers, but you are looking for additional customers. It's important to, re it's important to remember that there's this um, proverb that goes, a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And I have never seen a statement that is so, th uh, so true and so relevant to this conversation than that proverb. A customer you have in the hand is worth much, much more than those other potential customers that you're still chasing. You see, it's even proven the cost of an existing customer is far less than the cost of getting a new customer. So the moment you get a new customer, you are not harvesting them enough and you're just abandoning them and you're focusing on getting new, new customers. Meanwhile, the existing customers you have have potential, um, a, a potential source of significant sales for your business. But you need to, you need to harvest it. And in this well, five points I've given you, from the first sale to repeat sales, to upsells, to cross sales, to referrals, all of these are points of engagement. All of these are touch points you can use to squeeze more sales out of your customer base. Now, going forward, if you are in a situation where you're asking yourself, okay, so yeah, Thank you, John Paul. I, I, yes, I, I think what you're saying is valuable, but how do I move forward? So there are three important steps you need to take. 
to turn uh, things around and um, start to, you know, harvest more sales from the customer base you already have. Or even as you get new customers, you know, the approach should change. The very first step, the most important step you can do today and right now is to stagger your offer. You cannot be selling a standard product at a standard price. And that's because most of your customers will see value differently. Price is just one way of measuring value. And most people, especially those people who have um, a higher spending power, who are less price sensitive, do not really regard you know, your price. They are looking at value. So if you can, pro if you can uh, provide them a value multiplier on top of your uh, standard offer, there is a segment of your customer base, there's a segment of your potential customers who will be willing to pay more, but you need to offer it to them. So you can tell them, we have a starter price. Maybe you can say we have a starter price of $100. This is what you get. We have a, a, um, we have, we have the, a second offer of $500. This is what you get. Maybe the service is faster. Maybe they have more access to you. Maybe it's more convenient or more flexible. And then you say we have a VIP offer which is valued at $1,500. And this is what you get. We do it for you. It's more flexible, less risky. I'm going to do, you know, all of all that. So you need to provide, you know, matching offers. And when you're offering three, when you're offering three offers that provide different degrees of value, what you're now telling your customers is they can now vote for the offer that they want based on how sensitive they are on price and based on the value that they are looking for. Remember, all your customers are not looking for the same thing in terms of value. Value does not mean price. Value is much, much more than price. On top of value, you have you have convenience, you have flexibility, you have risk, you have a, a lot of things on top of price. So price is not the only way to measure value. And many of your customers are thinking in terms of value and not on price. So if you're offering everybody the same product, the same offer at the same price, you're leaving money on the table. The second thing you need to do is to adopt a life cycle approach. So don't look at the customer as a transaction. Look at them, you know, as a journey in your business. So when you have a first sale, your focus should be, how do I get this person to do a second sale, to come, to come back for the second sale? Another option is what, what can I upsell this person? What, what else, what else would this person need on top of the standard offer they just bought? What value are they looking for that they'll be willing to pay for? Another option is a cross sell. Is there something that is unrelated but relevant to the problem they are trying to, to the product they are trying to buy from you? You know, those could be opportunities for you to refer them to other businesses and get commissions or even provide those things in house. You know, and then there's also another option of referrals. When they become happy customers, a happy customer is okay to refer. If you give them the right incentive, sometimes all you just have to do is ask, you know, for them to refer to your customer. So you need to adopt a life cycle approach to customers. It cannot just be a transaction. If you're focused on transactions, your business is vulnerable because you will always be looking for um, the next sale. You always be looking for new customers. And like I said, a, an existing customer is costs much less than a potential customer. So a bird in the hand is worth more than two of them in the bush. And then the third thing you can do today is to, like I said, is to move from transactions to relationships. 
because there is more money to be made from customers from a relationship than a transaction. From in a transaction, you are leaving a lot of money on the table because you're just making money today, but you're foregoing a lot of potential sales you could do in the future, either directly or indirectly from that customer. But you know, so a relationship is the way to go. And you need to start thinking in terms of the life cycle. You need to start staggering your offers. And um, of course, interesting things are going to change in your business. So if you're looking for tips, advanced tips, you know, strategies to enhance sales in your business, work more directly with me. You know, we have an insider's private program where I work with a group of ambitious and very interesting entrepreneurs who are building different types of your of businesses. If you want to learn more about our insiders community, just head over to smallstarter.com slash insiders, smallstarter.com slash insiders. I can't wait to have you as a, a member of our, of our insiders community. See you in the next episode. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.